Thank you, Greg, and welcome to all of you here to Sunrise. It's so great to see you this morning on this Labor Day weekend, and I hope that you do have a chance to rest from your labors and to celebrate the gift of work that God has given us. Bienvenidos a todos en este fin de semana donde celebramos la labor y lo que Dios nos ha dado en trabajo. Espero que sean muy bienvenidos aquí. Uh, we're going to dive into our scripture reading and our scripture time right now, and I remind you of the Bibles that we have in the back. Les recuerdo que tenemos Biblias detrás y vamos a estar mirando la Biblia. As Greg uh, mentioned, we are now in the third message of a series here where we're focused on generosity. Este es el tercer mensaje en cuanto a la generosidad. And today the scripture text we're going to be focusing on is just one Verse. Es un solo versículo el texto de hoy. It's from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 11, and uh, it is verse 25. Proverbs 11, 25, Proverbios 11, 25, and uh, the page numbers, I think, are up there for you, and we invite you to go there. Now, I say this is kind of our anchor verse for today, but there will be uh, some other scripture we're going to be bringing in to help uh, shed some light on this one verse. Vamos a usar otros textos también para dar luz a este versículo en particular. So I hope you're getting there, and I'm going to read, as always, in both Spanish and English, in both languages, voy a leer en los dos idiomas. This is the word of God. Let's, uh, let's just really pause and let's soak in what God's word wants to say to us today. Vamos a empapar, estar empapados de la palabra de Dios. It says simply, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. El que es generoso prospera, el que reanima será reanimado. Uh, I can remember years ago as a child, as a grade schooler, you sing those silly songs at camp and, and around the campfire and, and kind of childhood songs. And there's a song that comes to mind uh, about a farmer by the name of Henry and his wife Liza. Una canción infantil sobre Henry y su esposa Liza. You probably know it. I probably even talked about it before. But as the song goes, Henry comes to his wife Liza with a problem. He says, there's a hole in my bucket, dear Liza. Hay un hueco mi cubo, Liza, dice su esposa. And she says, well, fix it, Henry. Repáralo, Henry, ella dice. And so he says, how am I going to do that? With what? Con qué? El pregunta. And she says, well, how about straw? I don't know how that works. But anyway, straw is what she says. Con paja. He says, well, how do I cut the straw? Como cortar la paja? With a knife, Henry. Okay, you get the idea here. This guy's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. You know, he's asking all these questions. Con un cuchillo. And he says, well, the knife's dull. It's, it's not sharp. No está afilado el cuchillo. Well, sharpen it then. Afilalo, dice la esposa. And he says, with what? Con qué? Well, with a stone, a sharpening stone, con una piedra. Well, the stone's dry. How am I going to get it wet? La piedra está seca. ¿Cómo mojarla? Well, you got to use water, Henry, con agua. Well, how am I going to get water? ¿Cómo conseguir agua? And, and, of course, this is the place where the song comes around full circle as poor Henry cries out, but there is a hole in my bucket. How am I going to get water? ¿Cómo voy a conseguir agua? Que tengo un, un uh, hueco en mi cubo. It's a silly song. It's a crazy song, but there's a simple and profound truth that it communicates to us. Hay una verdad profunda en esa canción. And the truth is this, and the scriptures would affirm it. 
And because of sin in our world, because of sin in us, there's a hole in our bucket. And that bucket is us. Hay un hueco en nuestro cubo, el cubo somos nosotros. There's a hole in our heart, a hole in our spirit that is brought about because of sin, because of our breaking of relationship with God. And so what we often do, what much of life is about, is trying to fill up that hole, trying to plug that hole. Intentamos llenar ese hueco en la vida. And so we look for different strategies and different ways of trying to do that. But basically what we're trying to do is plug the hole with straw. Intentamos llenar el hueco con lo que es paja. Let me give you an example. I think you'll begin to get a sense. Uh, it's like the song. There's a hole in our stomach. We need to eat. Hay que comer. So to eat, what do you need? You need money. Hay que tener dinero. So to get money, what do you need to do? You need to work. Hay que trabajar. And so you work hard. And as you work, you strain your body, you strain your mind, you strain your spirit, you strain your relationships with your family. El trabajo pone presión en el cuerpo, en la relación familiar. And so what do we do? We look for ways to fill the hole. And so often we will spend our money on addictive pleasures, good or bad. Gastamos dinero en placeres adictivos. But that means there's less money to eat. So we've got to work harder to get more money so we can eat, but that puts more strain on our family and more strain on us. You see the whole vicious cycle there. Trabajamos, pero eso pone más estrés sobre nosotros y la familia. There's a hole in our bucket. But God's word today, I think, gives us a way, a different way to look at plugging that hole. La palabra de Dios nos da otra forma de mirar esto. It's a way of plugging the hole that is really, when you think about it, it seems counterintuitive. It seems against logic. Es una manera de tapar el hueco que parece contraintuitivo, contra la lógica. Let me read again the proverb. Proverbs 11, verse 25. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will be refreshed. El que es generoso prospera, el que reanima será reanimado. It's on the surface kind of a simple folk saying. Parece un refrán, but there's some deep wisdom here that we need to look at. Now, literally, if we go back to the original version, of the original language of the Bible, literally what this verse says is, a soul who blesses others will be made fat. El alma que bendice a otros será gordo. And he who gives a drink will himself be watered. El que da agua va a ser regado. In other words, the sense of this is that a liberally generous person, if a person is generous and goes about blessing others, they are going to be enriched. A generous person is going to be prosperous and successful. Una persona liberalmente generoso va a poder tener éxito y prosperar. The person that showers others with blessings will himself be saturated with good things. El que da a los demás va a ser saturado de bendiciones. Now, we need to be clear on something. 
This isn't talking about a get-rich-quick plan, that if you give this, you're going to get so much back, and you're automatically going to be rich and wealthy and all of that. No se trata de un plan para enriquecerse financieramente. It's not that. It's not a pyramid scheme of some sort that, that the Bible's talking about here. Uh, this, I believe, is a principle, a spiritual principle that we need to recognize on the generosity journey. It's, we can call it generosity principle number three. Se trata del tercer principio de generosidad. Now to help us to understand, to put some more light on this principle, uh, here's where I want to bring in some more scripture. We want to look at John chapter four in the New Testament. Vamos a mirar Juan capítulo cuatro en el Nuevo Testamento. And there we read, about a time when Jesus was with his 12 disciples and they went through an area and they passed through a town that was uh, populated by Samaritans. These were non-Jewish people that were offensive to the Jews. Jesús y los discípulos pasaron por un pueblo samaritano, de los samaritanos que eran ofensivos a los judíos. They didn't like these people. And so Jesus and his disciples come through this town and they come to the city well. They come to the well that's in the middle of the village. En el pozo en centro del pueblo, Jesús se encuentra con una mujer. And Jesus there meets a woman, a Samaritan woman. Jesús se encuentra con una mujer samaritana. She's come to the well to get a drink of water. Ella viene para agua. But here's the problem. This woman has a hole in her bucket. Tiene un hueco en su cubo. Not a physical hole in her physical bucket, she has a spiritual hole in her being. Ella tiene un hueco, no en su cubo físico, sino en su espíritu. In fact, later on, if you read the story, Jesus is going to reveal what this hole in this woman's bucket is all about. She has been trying to fill up her bucket, her life, with five different husbands, and now that hasn't worked, so now she's trying to satisfy her thirst with a sixth man who's not her husband. Ha intentado llenar su cubo con cinco maridos y el sexto ahora no es su marido y intenta saciar su sed. It's not working. She's still leaking. But notice how Jesus comes at her. Notice how Jesus approaches her. What Jesus does is counterintuitive. What he does is against logic. Lo que Jesús hace es contra la lógica. Instead of saying to her, hey, lady, guess what? You have a hole in your bucket. No le dice, tienes hueco en tu cubo. Instead, he says, hey, woman, give me a drink. Dame de bebé. Give me something. And this woman is surprised by that. Ella se sorprende. Wait a minute. You're a Jew. You think you're better than me. And I'm a Samaritan. And even though you think you're superior, you want me to give you something? Tú piensas ser superior y aún así quieres que yo te dé algo? What's going on here? What we need to know is that there's something going on that, that's bigger than what meets the eye. In fact, in verse 10, in John 4, 10, we get a clue to understanding this story a little bit more. Jesus says something profound here. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, si supieras lo que Dios puede dar y conocieras al que te está pidiendo agua, if you knew who was asking you for a drink, I want to stop right there. We need to ask ourselves that question. 
Who is asking this woman for a drink? ¿Quién le pida esta mujer agua? Jesus, yes. But who is Jesus? We're talking about the Son of God, the Eternal One. Se trata del Hijo de Dios, the one who was actually with the Father and the Spirit at the dawn of creation. He was there. He was actively involved. He was the word that God spoke out that said, let there be water. And he made the waters, and he was there when the waters were separated from the land and from the sky to create the oceans and to create the rivers and to create the lakes and to create the ponds. Él estuvo ahí con el Padre cuando se separó las aguas del cielo y de la tierra para crear océanos, mares, lagos, etc. Every drop of water in the entire universe is his. He owns it. He made it. It belongs to him. He does not need water. Él no necesita agua porque todo el agua del universo le pertenece a él. And yet, who is Jesus? He is the eternal son of God who has chosen to come down into his own creation as a human being. A human being who, like us, can actually get thirsty. Él ha decidido hacer ese ser humano que puede tener sed. And why Has he decided to be a human being who can be thirsty for us? So when Jesus asks this woman for a drink of water, who's thirsty here? It's not that Jesus is so thirsty, though in his humanity he probably is. The reality is she is thirsty. Él cuando le pide agua, él no tiene tanta sed. Es que ella tiene sed. Let's go back to verse 10. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Si supieras lo que Dios puede dar y conocieras al que te está pidiendo agua, tú le habrías pedido a él y él te habría dado agua que da vida. And then he goes on in verse 13 to say, Everyone who drinks this water here at the well will be thirsty again. Todo el que beba de esta agua volverá a tener sed. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. Pero el que beba del agua que yo le daré no volverá a tener sed jamás, sino que dentro de él esa agua se convertirá en un manantial del que brotará vida eterna. Notice something here. What started out as a conversation about the woman giving Jesus something has all of a sudden changed into a conversation about Jesus giving her something that is way superior. Okay, comenzó como una conversación acerca de, de que él le diera algo a Jesús. Ahora se trata que Jesús le diera algo a ella. You can almost imagine the scene here that as this woman is talking to Jesus, she's maybe extending a cup or some a pitcher or something or a ladle or whatever. She's extending the water to Jesus, but she's doing it with her mouth open. What, you're talking about something you want to give me? Water where I'll never get thirsty? Con boca abierta, ella está, le está dando agua mientras él le habla de un agua superior. And 
finally in verse 15, she says, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come here to draw water. Señor, dame de esa agua para que no vuelva a tener sed ni siga viniendo aquí a sacarla. And then we find her dropping the water bucket and going into town and beginning to tell other people and to share with other people, hey, I've found a source of living water. Encontrado una fuente de agua viva, ella dice a los de aldea, this woman is changed by this encounter, transformed. She is refreshed. Ella está refrescada por este encuentro. What's going on here? He who gives a drink will himself be well watered. El que da de beber será regado. I think what's going on here is a demonstration of what I would call generosity principle number three. Se trata del tercer principio de la generosidad. Here's how I would put it. Generosity transforms our hearts. Generosity transforms our hearts. La generosidad transforma nuestro corazón. Generosity works a change, a refreshing change in our hearts and in our lives. La generosidad nos refresca y cambia el corazón. Not so much because of what we give. It's not what we give that refreshes us. No es lo que damos que nos refresca. In fact, we need to understand that whatever we give to the God of the universe who owns it all is just a drop in the bucket. Lo que damos a Dios es como una gotita. It's not about what we give that changes us. It is about who we get connected to in the process. Se trata de a quien nos conectamos al dar. This woman gave Jesus nothing, but she received everything because she became connected to him. It refreshed her heart. And so we also become transformed. As we come into connection, we give our drop in the bucket. And many times we come with less. We come simply with our thirst. And we get connected to Jesus. Damos nuestra gotita hasta nuestra sed y nos conectamos con Jesús. And who's Jesus? Who is Jesus? He is the endless spring of living water. He is the eternal source of life. Él es la fuente eterna de agua viva. The reason that Jesus came into his own creation was to plug the gap, to plug the hole. El vino a llenar el hueco. He came to plug the gap between us and God caused by our sin. He stood in that gap in his death on the cross and the living water that flowed was his blood. En la cruz fluyó el agua viva de su sangre y él se puso en la brecha. But Jesus not only stood in that gap between us and God, he's plugged the gap within us. El llena el hueco adentro. And so as we learn how to develop a, a generous mindset, a generous lifestyle, what are we really doing? We're really learning how to drink of Jesus. And he satisfies our deepest thirst. Al ser generosos aprendemos a beber de Jesús y nos satisface la sed. 
I want to give you another example from, from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And you can turn there if you'd like. 2 Corinthians 8. We find the early church leader Paul. And he is talking about a group of Christians called the Macedonians. They were from Macedonia, which was a, a region of ancient Greece. Pablo se dirige, habla del ejemplo de los Macedonios, de Grecia Antigua. And he basically talks about their lives. He says these Macedonians were not rich people. Uh, these were Christians that lived on the edge of poverty. Okay, They probably didn't have two pennies to rub together. They were very poor people. Vivían a la vera de la pobreza. No tenían mucho. And yet Paul did something with the Macedonians that we would say is counterintuitive. Against logic. Hizo algo con ellos contraintuitivo. He asked them for a drink. He asked them to contribute to an offering for Christians in Jerusalem who were suffering and needed help, les pidió contribuir a una ofrenda para los cristianos sufriendo en Jerusalén. And you say, why would you do that? They don't have anything. What can they actually contribute? Here in 2 Corinthians 8.2, Paul tells us what, what happened. He says this. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. En medio de las pruebas más difíciles, su desbordante alegría, su extrema pobreza, abundaron en rica generosidad. So when Paul asked these people to give an offering, they didn't say, hey, we got our own problems over here. Try someone else. No dijeron, nosotros tenemos nuestro propio problema. They didn't say, hey, we're the guys that need an offering. What about us? Nosotros ocupamos una ofrenda. They didn't say that. Instead, he says, their overflowing joy, the joy of a relationship with Jesus combined with their extreme poverty, their little drop in the bucket, and the overflowing joy of Jesus and the drop of the bucket, their extreme poverty, produced a rushing, raging river of rich generosity. They gave way beyond what anyone would have ever expected. Su pobreza, su gotita, combinó con su alegría desbordante en Jesús para, para ser un torrente de rica generosidad. Why? How could that happen? ¿Por qué? The Macedonians were plugged into Jesus, who had plugged the hole in their heart. And as a result, they were transformed. Their hearts were transformed in the giving and by the giving and through the giving. Estaban enchufados con Jesús que había tapado hueco en su corazón y les había transformado. And so in chapter 9 then, if you turn the page to 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Paul turns around and he starts talking to the Corinthian Christians from another region of Greece. Después habla los Corintios. Now you got to understand the Corinthian Christians are probably more like us, comfortable people that you know have what they need. They're they're doing all right. Son gente bastante cómoda. And he says this to them in Second Corinthians nine seven. He says each one should decide, should give what he has decided in his heart to give. Each one should decide what he's uh, should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not 
reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Cada uno debe dar según lo que haya decidido en su corazón, no, me, no de mala gana ni por obligación, porque Dios ama al que da con alegría. He's saying you need to decide in your heart how you're going to give. And you should be giving in your heart, not because it's a duty, not because it's an obligation, not because it's an expectation. Debes dar de corazón, no porque sea deber o, o, o alguna expectativa, but out of joy. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Dios quiere un dador alegre. The word cheerful there in the original language is related to our English word hilarious. God loves and wants a hilarious giver. La palabra alegre se relaciona con hilaria, de forma hilaria. Dios ama al que da de forma hilaria. God loves it when people give in a way that's outrageous, free, full. He who refreshes others will be refreshed. Why does God love a cheerful giver? ¿Por qué Dios ama al dador alegre? Because God loves a transformed heart. God wants transformed hearts, changed lives. Dios quiere un corazón transformado. So again, we need to understand what God's looking for. He's not looking for stuff. Our stuff's a drop in the bucket. Generosity transforms, refreshes, and changes our hearts because it connects us to Jesus who plugs the hole within us and then takes our little drop in the bucket and showers out and pours out his abundant, refreshing love and presence upon us. La generosidad nos transforma porque Jesús usa la gotita que damos para darnos de su refrescante presencia. And so when you give out of that, people who give out of, a, out of a cheerful heart, not out of duty, not because it's a drag, but people who give out of that love, that overflowing love of Jesus, find that, that they just can't contain the joy. Because there's this overwhelming flood, this endless supply that comes from Jesus, the fount of living water. I este gozo, and so... Uh, when you give out of the overflow of Jesus, what you find is you get more back than you give. And I'm not talking again about money. Don't hear money, lands, stocks, bonds. That's not what I'm saying. But when you give out of the overflow of Jesus, you get way more back. Cuando das del amor abundante Jesús, recibes mucho más. No se trata del amor. De las cosas se trata del amor. You get plunged into... Like that song says, the never-ending, overwhelming, I know I'm messing up the words, but the reckless love of God. Estás en la, el amor sobreabundante de Dios. Now you're listening to this, you say, Pastor Russ, you're speaking a foreign language, and it's not Spanish. What are you talking about? If you've never experienced that kind of joy, that kind of freedom, that refreshing experience of giving, of generosity, si no has tenido esa experiencia de refrescarte corazón en la generosidad, it probably means something. 
if the thought of giving for you is a drag, sounds like work, or, or, or it sounds like somebody's trying to twist your arm or push something on you. Si el dar es algo latoso, pesado, penoso, probably means one thing. There's a hole in your bucket. And hueco en tu cubo. And it's a hole that only Jesus Christ can fill. Solo Jesucristo puede llenar ese hueco. As I said before, we're trying all the time to fill up that hole with straw. And you can try to fill up that hole with all kinds of things, and it won't work. I'm telling you, it won't work. You can try to fill it up with having the latest and greatest technology and screens and everything you want at your fingertips. It won't fill the hole. La tecnología no puede llenar el hueco. You can try to fill the hole with relationships, or maybe not with relationships, with just multiple sexual ex escapades, like this woman. It won't work. You can try to fill the hole with addictive substances or addictive patterns, any kind of addiction. Won't fill the hole, it just makes the hole bigger. Puedes intentar llenarlo con adicciones? No. You can try to fill the hole with cruises, Cadillacs, and caviar. All the luxuries. It won't work. Con los lujos de la vida? No. You can try to fill the hole with your career, with, with being well-known and well-liked and accepted in the, in the community. It won't work. Only Jesus Christ can fill the hole. Solo Jesucristo puede llenar el hueco. And so when, when, when you hear the invitation to generosity and you hear that somebody's trying to get you to do something, check your bucket. And if there's a hole, we want to help you fill it. We want to invite you to fill that hole by trusting in Jesus Christ. Puedes llenar tu hueco confiando en el Señor Jesús because you can't really give out of the overflow until you've received the overflowing love of Jesus. And I don't know if I can describe it for you. I'll try, but you know, one of the things I go back to in my own heart and mind is how at age 14, Jesus Christ came into my life and filled the hole in me. A los 14 años, Señor Jesucristo me llenó el hueco en mi vida. I was the age of these students up here singing when all of a sudden I understood what he had done for me, how much he had given me. And I was so taken by that, so captivated by the beauty and the amazing love of Jesus Christ. At age 14, I did something which I don't think teenagers do naturally. I don't think I would have done it naturally, but I did it, and I'm not taking credit for it. I, I just had, I took all my money, my, my pocket change and my dollar bills, and it must have been about eight bucks, okay? And I just threw it in the church offering. And my only regret is I didn't have more. I just wanted to give it. And I wanted to say, Jesus, I love you. This is nothing. Here's my drop in the bucket. But oh, wow, what fun. Y tiré todo mi cambio. Now, I had some parents to take care of me at home. So you say, ah, that's nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. 
Here's the thing. When we give, we have a parent who takes care of us. He provides it all. Tenemos un padre que nos cuida. It's interesting. I, I just think there's something about that joy of giving that we need to get connected with. Greg and I were talking about this a month or two ago. He had a similar experience. It's like, no way. I did the same thing. I threw all my money in the offering place. It's like, wow. I want to invite you into hilarious giving out of a connection with Jesus plugging the hole in you. And if, if you have never trusted in, in Christ, here's what I want to invite you to today. Quiero invitarles a confiar en el Señor. Let go of whatever straw you're trying to use to plug the hole. Just let it go and embrace Jesus. Drink of him by trusting in him with your whole life. Que beban de Jesús confiando en él con su propia vida. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to go to the back there. And if you need someone to help you pray through that, we would love to pray through that step with you so that you can move forward on this generosity journey, on this faith journey. Queremos orar por ustedes si necesitan ayuda con eso. But this is really where it begins. This is donde comienza. On the cross, the blood of Jesus trickled down shed for you and me in la cruz, se derramó la sangre por nosotros. And on Easter Sunday morning, that trickle burst out of the tomb in a rushing, raging river of life, eternal life for you and me. El domingo de resurrección salió ese torrente de vida eterna de la tumba para nosotros. He who is generous will prosper. El que es generoso prospera. He who gives a drink will himself be refreshed. El que da de beber será regado. He will be refreshed in Jesus and Jesús. I want to invite you to pray with me. Vamos a orar. If you want somebody to pray with you right now, we're, as our heads are bowed, I want to invite you to make your way to those little tables in the back off to your right-hand side towards the kitchen there. And we have people there that are ready to pray with you. Hay personas listas para orar por ustedes. I want to invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, you are the one who created it all. You've created us. Nos has creado, Señor Jesús. You understand the hole inside each person. Comprendes el hueco en cada persona. And you came, Jesus, to be thirsty. And you came to be hungry. You came to be abandoned by your Father so that you could plug that hole for us. Viniste para tener sed, para ser abandonado de tu padre, para tapar ese hueco en nosotros. If there's someone here this morning that has been just living with a, a massive, bleeding, gaping hole in their heart, Lord, I just pray that they might take a step towards you and say, Jesus, 
here's my drop in the bucket. Here's my thirsty, messed up life. Please fill me up with your spirit. Que si alguien aquí que está luchando, que diga aquí Jesús te doy mi gotita, mi sed, lléname. And all you need to do is just to simply open up and say, Jesus, I have failed. I have sinned against God. I have a hole in my heart. He pecado en contra de ti, Dios. Tengo un hueco en mi corazón. I believe that you died and you rose so that I could drink deeply of your eternal life. Has muerto y resucitado para que yo bebiera de tu vida eterna. Come into my life. Come into my life and change my heart. Transform my heart. Refresh me. Transformame, Señor. Entra en mi vida y refrescame en tu presencia. As we sing that song, I just invite you to come to the back. I'll be back there too, and we're going to pray together with those that need prayer for any and every need that you may have. Thank you, Jesus, that you are who you are, our living water. Gracias, Señor, que tú eres el agua viva.